All right, on this Friday morning, let's have a little chat with Vaughn Palmer from the Vancouver Sun. Good morning, Vaughn. Good morning, Simi. All right, let's start with the Craig James verdict. Yeah, so pretty disturbing at the end of the day. The clerk of the legislature, so like the CEO of the place and one of the people that is sort of the protector of the integrity of the legislature, found guilty of uh, breach of trust and fraud and just dishonesty, claiming, what, almost $2,000 worth of luxury clothing, saying it was for wearing at work when he knew it wasn't. So that's pretty serious stuff. Uh, I know, you know, we have to note that uh, the most famous part of the charges against them, the wood splitter, yeah. he found not guilty on that, and uh, taking the big pension uh, top up, uh, what, $258,000, not guilty on that. So a split decision, but really, uh, you know, this is very, very rare. It's very rare to see a breach of trust conviction in this country. It's hard to prove. The, the judgment is actually quite interesting because the judge goes through the five things that you have to meet to prove the charges. And so it's not enough to prove there was a transaction, not enough to prove that they did it, not enough to prove... Uh, you, what you have to prove is that they knew they were breaking the law and went ahead anyway. So on the wood splitter, there was evidence that the wood splitter was uh, wanted by the assembly for earthquake preparedness, ridiculous as that might seem. It and is. same on the pension, there was a legal opinion that said, yeah, he's entitled to this. So with that kind of evidence, the judge said, you know, I may not approve of it, but uh, it's not criminal. So that's how there were no convictions on those issues. Okay. So what happens now then? What about the sentence? Uh, there's a sentencing later this month. Uh, Craig James has been gone from the assembly for three years. And look, I mean, his reputation is destroyed by this. And I'm not saying it shouldn't be, but it just is. This is a there's, there's plenty in that judgment that indicates that he exercised bad judgment, had a sense of entitlement. You know, there's lots of things that aren't criminal that you still go, wait a minute, you're in a position of trust here. You're in a position where people look up to you and you have a lot of leeway yeah. in what you do. So, um, you know, I think that's all uh, to the bad for him. Um, we did get a statement yesterday from the current speaker who pointed out that uh, there's a lot more controls at the legislature now than there were back when this was going on. Uh, you know, they, I think there's reason to think it couldn't happen again. Uh, the new clerk of the legislature, Kate Ryan Lloyd, has presided over, with all party support, uh, much tighter controls. You, you just can't do this sort of thing anymore. And Kate Ryan Lloyd is a good person to look at here because she got the pension payout too, not as big as Craig James. And she felt bad about it and she gave it back. So she she knew it was wrong, right? Uh, So I I think that's a a good sign that the place is in good hands. This is, uh, you know, this is the shame of the BC legislature. Uh, One has to say that former speaker Daryl Plekus blew the whistle on all this. He overreached himself. He had us, uh, you know, a whole bunch of people were going to go to jail over this. I don't think anybody's going to go to jail over this. But from the public point of view, if Plekas hadn't blown the whistle on what was going on, I don't know whether we'd ever have known about all this. 
That is very, very true. Okay, so there's that. Still the sentence to come. I also wanted to really talk to you this morning, Vaughn, about uh, Premier John Horgan's uh, media availability yesterday because he got asked about a lot of different things. But the museum, I thought the little bit walk, a little bit of a walk back that we got was interesting. Yes. So he said that he acknowledged that the big announcement on Friday the 13th, as one notes, uh, for bad luck, uh, landed with a thud. Uh, said the Premier. That's his word. He said it landed with a thud. He said he was surprised at the public reaction. It wasn't the government's intention to be tone deaf to the challenges British Columbians are facing. Says the plan was misconstrued. Whose fault is that? I mean, this was a government announcement unheralded on a Friday afternoon. They didn't give us the business plan. They couldn't explain some of the basics of why the existing museum is closing in September, why it's, there won't be a museum here for eight years, uh, why a billion dollars. I mean, there's a whole, there were a whole bunch of unanswered questions. It's the government's fault that people reacted and sh- with shock on this because it was so poorly handled. Right. So, but that's not going to change anything, right? They're still proceeding. We're still going to apparently get more information on it. Yeah. So they're now staking their hopes on the business plan. So they promised the business plan by today. It's not coming today. It's coming next Wednesday. So one imagines that there are some public servants who will be busy all weekend with uh, the black tape and the whiteout to uh, blot out anything that might be embarrassing to the government from the business plan before they give it to us. Um, You know, it's interesting. They also put out yesterday a schedule for the replacement. So this is the first we've had of this. And again, it raises a question. So the design for the new museum doesn't start for another two years. And construction doesn't start for another four years. So, so why close it? So why it? the rush? Yeah. You know, I mean, that was the first question was, and you asked it last week, was why don't you just leave the place open? Um, the, a part of the museum opens so that local people can enjoy it and tourists can enjoy it. When you get a design and all that, uh, then think about maybe closing part of it. But... I'm left with the feeling, Simi, that they are just in such a rush to toss that museum onto the scrap heap and get it past the point of no return. I don't understand why, though. Like well, that, there's, that's a, a there's a staffer in the museum who's, who's talked to some reporters, and he says the word around the museum is that they're trying to sightsee this thing. So remember Christy Clark was going to get sightsee past the point of no right. return. And she did. They, by the time the New Democrats took over, canceling it wasn't really a practical option. Well, their speculation in the museum is they want to get the place closed. They want the demolition work to start. They don't care if the design is in place. They want to just get rid of the museum and get started on John Horgan's legacy project, the billion-dollar replacement. And I, that's... I, that's the only explanation I've heard that really adds up, Simi, that explains why they're in such a rush to do this. I don't understand, though, the price tag still... I mean, this, is, oh. this would be, with that price tag attached to it, Vaughn, the most expensive museum in Canada. And yep. that just makes no sense. Yep, and uh, no wonder. The, the Premier says he's surprised at the public reaction and everything and, and, and wonders, you know, he didn't mean to convey to people the, the, uh, that he was, the government was tone deaf to their predicaments. Well, you know... The, 
the news cycle is full of stories of people who can't get a family doctor, who can't stand the waiting lists, who can't get, you know, there's the autism controversy funding. There's all over British Columbia, somebody pointed out that you could rebuild Lytton for a billion dollars. There's so many issues out there. Like, again, if the premier is surprised by this and and is concerned that it landed with a thud, it's his fault. That's who did this when he didn't have to do it. It's, or it's somebody in his circle's fault who didn't say to him, this is not a good idea to be doing this right now. Like, that's what advisors are for, right? To tell you yeah. when you're doing something that might be a mistake. Yeah, but when you've got a premier bent on legacies, uh, who stands up to him, especially with his polling numbers, right? Mm. He's more po- popular than the party. I think the polling numbers have gone to his head. Uh, and I think he's at that stage in a political career where he's thinking about legacies. When the liberals call this a vanity project, there is an element of truth in that, I think. Interesting. Okay, and now we're going to be getting this uh, business case on Wednesday, right? Yes. Does it sound like it's going to be thorough? <laughs> I, I, I'm skeptical, right? I, I am skeptical. The, the finance minister warned in the legislature this week, Selena Robinson, that, oh, well, you know, things have to be removed from these business plans in the public interest. Yeah, right, in the government's interest. I, I believe it when I see it. Uh, I think it'll be like the business plan we got on the Massey Tunnel last November, which they took all the interesting stuff out there that would allow you to decide whether they were right that a tunnel was preferable to a bridge. They took everything out. Risks, they took that out. All of all of the you know information about alternatives, they took that out. So I have my doubts, but you know we'll wait and see mm-hmm. on Wednesday whether it helps or whether it just uh, whether it lands with a thud as well. Well, more for us to talk about, Vaughn. Uh, thank you for that. <laughs> bye bye, Simi. Have a good weekend. That's Vaughn Palmer from the Vancouver Sun. If you want to weigh in, Simi at cknw.com.